From the studios of Harbor Park Health and Fitness, it is time for yet another edition of Hey Health Matters. I'm Pete. I'm Jason. How are you doing, Jason? Doing well. Doing good, well. good. Back in the saddle again this week for uh, more health and fitness information. Hey, information is power. That's right. Knowledge is power. I think the old cartoon said, right? That what it was? So today we are going to ask, uh, probably I would characterize as some more burning fitness questions s'mores burning s'mores don't burn the s'mores burnt marshmallow not good no actually i think it is pretty good anyway we're <laughs> rambling on to start the show boy you really hooked him in with the first 45 <laughs> seconds let me tell you no we're gonna ask us uh, some burning questions today and uh, right off the top um how much weight should i use when when strength training and as somebody who has just um I don't know, it's been, what, 10, 9, 10 months since I've started doing this? I think you're just about a year. July July will be a year. A couple months shy. So my perception of that when I started would have been very, very simple answer to that. As much as possible. Because the more weight you use, the more muscles you're going to get the quicker, right? Right, right. That's how it works, isn't it? Well, let's hear your uh, your revised (laughs) thoughts 10 Uh months into your journey. Good luck with that. Um, (laughs) You better not start out with that heaviest weight that you think. Uh, in fact, you better um, better get the technique down before you even start piling the weight on there. I think one of the y- you might come in with the perspective of, well, I don't want to use a 15-pound bar. That's real light. Until you try to do the movements, and you realize, oh yeah, even 15 pounds can be a lot. So I guess that would be once you're in it and doing it, it definitely changes your perspective on it. Right. So, you know, we no workout is random. We don't just choose, Sometimes they seem random, though. We don't just choose <laughs> a random weight and start lifting it. Every workout, doesn't matter if it's a crossfit workout, a bodybuilding workout, you know, a, a powerlifting workout, um, there's an intent behind every workout. And the intent is what drives the weight you use. If the intent is to lift heavy, then we put the heavy weights on. If the intent is to move your body quickly, we're probably going to use a lighter weight. If the intent is to learn technique, to your point, Pete, we're going to stay light. Um, So the question, how much weight should I use when strength training, depends on the intent. Okay. Um, Now within there, you know, there, there's sub-intents, I'll call them, um, within a workout. So, you know, are, are you going for hypertrophy? Are you going for strength gain? Are you going for, um, you know, le- depends on your goals, all this stuff, and then you can break it down. Um, if you're going for max power output, then we're going towards maximal effort in, in a movement. If you are going for high rep, then the weight's going to be lower, right? So um, it kind of really goes back to what's the purpose, what's the intent of the workout, and then in the greater scheme of what are, what is your goal. So it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. It's not just put on as much weight as possible and How about that? Up and There's a little method to, to the madness. <laughs> I think I read somewhere where it's between the the ranges between just chilling on the uh 
chilling on the bench and oh my god I can't do another rep right and you know when it comes to CrossFit our CrossFit workouts our goal is um we we kind of joked about this with the the staff on Monday do you remember in in math class your different kind of charts and graphs there's something called a spider chart Mm mm-hmm so if you're a visual thinker here, follow along with me. There's 10 different traits or qualities that a CrossFit program aims to improve. Um, a few of them being you know, strength, power, flexibility, coordination, um, the cardio, stamina. So 10, 10 of those kind of traits. Um, and if you think about those 10 traits on a spider graph, you're trying to make that web as big as possible, get as good as possible in all 10 areas. In order to do that, we need to experience very light lifting, moderate lifting, and heavy lifting, and maximal, right? We need to do it all. Just focusing on one is not gonna um, build our um, our uh, kind of experience in all those 10 traits. Does I was saying it to, to somebody today and it wasn't weightlifting necessarily it was with something else, but doing accessory work. And they said, well, wish I didn't have to do that. And I says, well, it's, it's a, it's a well-rounded thing. Then you're learning right. all the different aspects of it instead of just what you like. Right. Cause if right. we all did came in and just did what we liked, some of us would never come in. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean that, that, that's the, uh, that's the, what, what I would call the growth mindset you know, at its crux is it doesn't matter if you like it or not. You come in and you do your best. No one's saying you have to, you know, be the best in the world at it. You just show up and, and whatever your best is, yeah, you might not enjoy it, but you got to put a good effort into it. That's how we improve. That's how we become better. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, it's interesting. Once you, you put the effort in and you become good at it, this is what happens with the snatch. Everyone hates it to start because it's so tough. But the people who stick with it and then they, they figure it out, it becomes their favorite movement because now they're the only ones who can do it. <laughs> I, I can definitely see that perspective. When you when you first you know have to do that grip and it's so wide and then you got to keep clear your path and try to get it above your head. and yeah, So I can understand. And I guess with a lot of things, not just movements in the gym, you get that satisfaction when it was very difficult to do. I mean, think about when you were young and you rode your bike, your two-wheeler, for the first time by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty good feeling. Right. Now, we're way off track. We've only gotten through one question. So I know. Well, that's... Let's get back to <laughs> number two. We, we had a lot of stuff bottled up in here. Why, Coach, are you having me lift weights for fat loss? This is a great question. Burn calories, right? Just... Just getting in there, moving? Well, not necessarily. It's a little bit more detailed than that. Okay. Is that your... Uh, That's my main theory. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so, Move, yeah. Keep moving. Obviously, um, you will burn calories as you lift weights, but more than that, you're going to build muscle, which um, muscle... I kind of compare it to like compound interest. You know, when your bank, when your money sits in the bank... Let's not talk about the bank because the bank is so negligible. <laughs> when your your money st- sits in, say, the stock market, okay, and it passively grows, you know, hopefully seven to eight percent each year. 
When you build muscle, your metabolism grows, let's call it seven or eight percent each year, because the body needs more fuel to rebuild the muscles and to fuel the muscles. The more metabolism we have, the faster it is, the greater chance of burning fat. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of the back end effect that is what we're after. So is that a little bit like I was telling you uh, the other day what the, um, and I forget the the basal metabolic rate. Boy, I pulled that one out in the moment. Very happy with that. It used to be for me like 17 or 1800, and now it's above 2000. Right. So as that is, I would imagine that's the yeah. aggregate, right? Yeah. That's what we're talking yep. about. Yep. Just whatever your body burns at rest. Right. Because now up. you have more muscle, your body needs more calories to fuel it. Um, yeah. In addition, I mean, so that's why we weight lift for fat loss, but then we also lift weights for bone strength, you know. Um, function, mobility, for all bo- these other for body composition, body as well. composition, yeah. So because there, you might not, host, but you know, people get on the scale and and we've glorified weight loss, and I do it in air quotes because the number goes down, goes down. But I look at pictures of me from a year ago when I was at my lowest weight, but I was scrawny as mm-hmm. heck, yep. right? Like I'm yep. not that scrawny anymore. I'm also not at my lowest weight, but that doesn't mean my body composition is bad. Right, it's still right. pretty good, you know. Your body composition can improve and the weight on the scale can go up. Mm-hmm. Because if, you're just, if you're putting just muscle, muscle on. Right. right. Yep. And so, yeah, I think that summarizes pretty well. So, um, this is something that's been going around the, uh, the gym the past couple of days. Apparently, one of the days on the weekend I wasn't here, there was a lot of squats. And people are feeling it. And we had some more yesterday, and I'm, I'm kind of feeling it, not to, the, to their extent, I think. And as you're, you're feeling it after you do that kind of workout, you just, maybe that little nagging voice in the back of your head going, this isn't bad for, like, my joints and my knees, right, to do all this kind of movement, because you do feel sore afterwards. So um, are squats or even, like, lunges, are they bad for your joints, bad for your knees? Possibly. That doesn't instill confidence in me. Um, <laughs> Elaborate, please. So possibly if you're doing them incorrectly, yeah, that's going to be bad for your knee. If you think about your knee, um, if you're sitting down right now, look at your elbow. If you can't see your knee, because my knee is hidden under the desk, um, your elbow is a hinge joint. Your knee is the same kind of hinge joint. Okay. It only bends in one particular direction, right? Um your wrist or your shoulder and your hip are ball and socket joint. Well, actually, no, your wrist is not a ball and socket. Um, but your shoulder and your hip are ball and socket. That's why they, they rotate, you know, in a circular pattern. Um, yeah, it, it kind of evades me I'm doing, the wrist I'm doing right the now. wrist circle. But the, the wrist is different. Um, but anyways, the knee and the elbow hinge, okay? And if they're not hinging properly... Okay, if they're hinging but bent in the wrong direction, there's something called shear force. Okay. Okay. Um, if you're a physics guy, you're gonna understand what I'm a physics person. Uh, you're gonna understand what I'm talking about, and the shear force is what causes damage. Okay. Um, so, so again, if you're sitting there, think about if uh, if you're bending your elbow 
but your your elbow is like kind of torqued in the wrong position and you can't hinge properly but you force it okay and then there's gonna be some pain if we're hinging properly if the joints of the body are doing what they are intended to do then there's no risk right that's very intuitive if you if things are done as they were intended there's no risk of injury so let's elaborate a little bit more um, because people will say well you're not supposed to squat below parallel well yes you are have you ever looked at a baby <laughs> babies they, can do all kinds of motions yeah. we can and, and there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't maintain that function um, throughout our entire life and you know we we joke around because in class if we're squatting I'll, I'll have class sit in the bottom of a squat some people s struggle with it and then you know I, I can sit in my squat I'm raising my hand <laughs> I can sit in my squat for minutes you know up to five minutes with no issues but I couldn't 10 years ago I had to teach my body how to be comfortable there again and you know Pete you're on this journey where yeah you can't sit there comfortably but you're a heck of a lot of a lot better than you were I can at least get down there for right, a little bit right so. th than you were six months ago so in six more months it's going to be a better position for you it's more we of that compound interest idea we have to understand that for most of us we neglected our body for years so now when we start taking care of it again we got to deal with all the neglect that we you know that that we that happened we got to deal with yeah your knees are going to be achy your hips are going to be tight we got to fix that stuff okay it doesn't just go away because now we, we want to be healthy we have to actively get through it um and you know the the squat not squatting below parallel thing that that was a study that was done i think in like the 70s or 80s um and I'm I'm fairly certain that that article has just been torn to shreds. Um, it, it's been kind of exposed, if you will. Debunked. Yeah. Um, so no, as long as and that's why we really we really advocate coming to a gym with with instructors who know know what they're talking about to make sure you're doing things properly. I was actually texting with my cousin this morning about this very thing, and, and she has the mirror, which is a new at-home fitness thing, and she was saying, like, some of her trainers, where she lives in Indiana, were kind of poo-pooing the mirror, you know, and she said, like, why is that? And, you know, from my standpoint is is... there's a good chance that you're doing these movements improperly, mm -hmm. which then could lead to knee pain or hip pain or back pain, right? Um, I want to watch you to make sure I'm comfortable with you before I say, okay, you can do, you're, you're allowed to do this at home without my supervision. Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Even if you've done stuff, uh, we were doing split jerks the other day and we've been working on them a lot lately, but we, I started out doing them and you said, Pete, back foot knee and mm -hmm. I'm going of course right right because right. but then it but then it clicks and then the rest of the time I'm thinking 
back foot and knee, you idiot. Like, right. follow what you're supposed to do. And if you're just not somebody immediately there looking at you, you might not catch it as quickly. Right. Especially if you're mentally on another aspect or maybe not even mentally there, right? Our minds go in a million right. directions sometimes. And, you know, that... Some some people want that. When they work out, they just want to turn their mind off. Mm-hmm. And you can't really do that in CrossFit. You have to be present. If you want to just turn your mind off, you know, then maybe just go for a run. Right. Right. Or hit the elliptical. But we shouldn't be doing these, these technical movements at home or, you know, absent of mind. And, and you got to have the right equipment. You got to have the right space, too. I mean, and all that other that goes into it. But what about... If I, I'm, you know, want to burn some calories because I want to go out and binge over the weekend, whatever my binge might be, if it's drinks, if it's sweets, if it's just want to be lazy. And so I'm going to burn more calories today. So how many can I burn like another 2000? How many calories can I burn? I bet you I could run so long in theory that I could burn a whole bunch of calories and not even realize it. Right. Five hundred, six hundred. Thousand. Is Can have the, a whole box of donuts, is, right? Is this you transitioning to the next? Really fly? This is professional. That's what I was trying. Professional to do, yeah. transitioning. Yeah, you got it. Um, Smooth. So, question number four: <laughs> How many calories? How many calories will this burn? burn? Uh, I really do not like this question, <laughs> um, for the simple reason that asking that question shows me or tells me right away that you are in. Um, kind of a negative feedback loop you are beating yourself up for what you ate and you are going to punish yourself for it by burning calories totally the wrong way to look at exercise assuming that you are eating healthy and healthy by our definition is eating protein and Mm -hmm. eating fruits and vegetables and eliminating processed foods if you are eating healthy, you can eat as much as you want. Honestly, it's going to be extremely hard to overeat. This was another conversation we had. Somebody saying they were eating too much, and I go, "Well, yeah, but if you're eating spinach, like you right. could you could technically overeat, but you're going to be so full right. <laughs> before you get to that right. point." <laughs> if you're eating properly, you're not going to have to care about what the calories you burned are. So then it, it switches. It's not a working out isn't about beating yourself up anymore. It's not about punishing yourself anymore. Working out is about pushing yourself to improve and to learn new things, to lift heavier weights. Um, And we don't really care how many calories we're burning. I'll, I'll tell people there are workouts you might not even sweat today. And that's fine because maybe we're working on technique, right? And we're just not pushing ourselves that hard. Um, maybe it's it's just the kind of movements that aren't like today we we um we're doing a half kneeling arnold press which you know it's demanding on the shoulder but but you know it's it's not the kind of movement that's really going to cause a a big sweat you know Um, so if it's those kind of accessory type workouts yeah you might not sweat in a day that doesn't mean it's a waste of day, right? You're still getting great benefit from it. If you're doing technique, you're certainly getting good benefit from it. Um, but we're not concerned with calories. 
because we know we're eating healthy so the weight's going to take care of itself right well people get in this one-to-one thought and that was what i was referencing in my intro to it because you know i hear uh, I, i work out to have fun or something like that attitude and look i like having fun you know i'm not uh i'm not i've never been a particular calorie counter or anything like that but i also know that i can't just give it up all weekend and then have even a five good days in the gym and make up for it. Like it's not a, people think you overdraw your accounts. So you put more money in your account and that's calories. Doesn't right. work it's, like that. No. Um, you know, to, to your point, if you average it out over the week, there's a good amount of room for discrepancy. Um, it's not so black and white that if you are negative calorie, on Monday, then you're losing weight because what if you're over on Tuesday and then what about Wednesday? You know, every day builds on each other. Right. And if if you're worrying about calories burned and and beating yourself up because of what you ate, that's just no fun. That's a miserable way to live, right? If if you just focus on having good days, and it's as simple as that, having good nutrition days, and and pushing yourself in the gym do that consistently over time you're gonna be in a good spot Mm -hmm. then you don't have to beat yourself up you don't have to stress about it it's gonna take care of itself i mean that's why you you see people who are in relatively good shape and then you get on their social media and they're eating cheesecake and going to the steakhouse well they're probably not doing that every night right you know and so there's got to be this overall balance you know this is a perfect example it's cinco de mayo as we record this and and i wrote a blog today you know explaining this very concept that you can go out tonight and, and get yourself your tacos and your margarita. Um, and you don't have to come to the gym tomorrow and be, excuse me, and beat yourself up about it. But you still want to come to the gym tomorrow and, and have a good workout. Right. And it's as simple as that. Just tomorrow we're back on track. We're eating good again. A dietitian nutritionist would say, don't eat 20 tacos tonight. Say, enjoy your tacos, but in moderation. And I gave some tips, okay, and and we can get into them right now. So if you're going out tonight, you're going to have your chips and your salsa. That's, you know, carbohydrate, deep fried, and fat, okay? Right. Um, If you're going to get a meal, you're probably going to get rice and beans, which is fat and carbohydrate so when you go to restaurants it it just it it just typically happens that you're getting the majority carbohydrates and fats um they tend to taste better they're more cost effective than protein so that's why the the meals tend to favor those Um, so prioritize protein during your day if you're gonna go out tonight have extra protein for breakfast and for lunch and maybe even a snack before you go out. Right. You know, maybe have a Greek yogurt or some protein shake or protein shake. You're not going gonna to spoil your dinner with protein right. before. But you might go a little less hungry and so maybe you don't go off the rails on the chips. Um, when it comes to your main meal, get something that prioritizes protein. So maybe it's chicken tacos or steak tacos or maybe a fajita Fajitas are a great choice because it comes with the vegetables right right with it. Right. Um, And then when it comes to margarita, what I like to do um, when I go out is is I alternate between a drink and a water. (laughs) I drink, then water, then drink, then water. And what that does for me 
is it slows down my, my rate of consumption. Okay, so instead of just having four drinks in a row, I'll have only have two because there's two waters in there. And then it keeps me more hydrated, which helps with, you know, next day. The next day stuff. Uh, not feeling so hungover. Um, so those are just a quick, couple quick tips on how you can go out, you know, enjoy you know, some tacos and a couple margaritas, still feel good that you didn't dive off the deep end, and then get back on track tomorrow. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, how do I improve my posture? Now, this was something that I used to hear about a lot as a kid. Stand up straight. Or we'd be in school and we'd be doing, like, you know, getting ready for a music concert or something. And they'd have, the teacher would have different posture names for what we do. The wounded elbow where you kind of stand with your arms <laughs> crossed. and you're, um, you know, you're bent over, hunched over. When you're sitting, you're, you're sitting like you're on the throne. Uh, you're kind of doing the, the thinking man pose. Uh, but say, okay, straighten out. That doesn't feel so good. So how do we improve that? How do we improve our posture? Well, first, it comes down to, you know, what what is causing the poor posture? Is it, you know, you're, you're on your computer typing, so your, your shoulders are rounded forward? Or is it that, you know, you have no core, so when you stand, you, you can't stand up straight? because you, your core isn't there to support your body. Um, is it, you know, do you have a, a lower body issue or injury that, you know, causes you not to be able to stand up straight? Like I, I have a back injury that limits my ability to stand up. So we have to understand what the issue causing the poor posture is. Um, and then we work on the mobility and the strength behind it, right? So if it's your core is weak, we have to strengthen your core. And, and when your core gets strong enough, you'll be able to stand and sit upright with no issue. Um, if it's our shoulders that are rounded forward, that's harder because you can't just, you can't just bring them back. If, if you have prolonged exposure to that kind of rounded forward hunch position that you know, some business professionals will have that, you know, sit on the computer all day or mm-hmm. children, kids who play video games a lot will have. Um, we first need to figure out how the heck to loosen them because they're so dang tight. Then we need to build the strength to keep them back. Um, so it's kind of funny, but the posture does kind of tie into strength building. It all mm-hmm. kind of goes back to to strength and mobility. Because if you've got bad posture, I mean, it's hard to do a lot of those moves. If you're hunched over, uh, you're, you're supposed to keep your chest upright and your back straight and your core tight. And I mean, that's that's what good posture is. Right. Uh, it's part of what we're working right. on. So, um, Yeah, so we, we see some guys who their shoulders are so rounded forward they can't do a press overhead without pain, you know. And we, we always think about everything we do in the gym – we're doing it so that we can function properly outside of the gym. And if you, if I can't press overhead, how am I supposed to grab something off of the fr- top of the fridge or, you know, grab something out of the, the top cupboard, right? right? So so that's no good. We need to fix those shoulders or whatever, core or, or hips or whatever the, the issue is. That's the functionality uh, part of that. And uh, I, it kind of dovetails into the next question, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant about it a little bit. How can I stick with exercise for good? 
And this is the one question where you mentioned the previous one where you're like, I don't like this question. I don't like the mentality behind this question. Because when you say I'm going to do something for good, that's a long time. Like if you, depending on how old you are, if you intend to live three or four more decades, you're saying I'm going to do this for four decades straight. That's a long time. And your brain can't really comprehend that. I am much more of I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it for the week. But I'm not thinking 40 years now. I might do it in 40 years. I hope I am. But, but you're but you're not when, building that when you go for good. To, that right. is a long. That's hard to live up to because what if? I mean, why, how, how do you know you're going to feel right. for good? You want to exercise is a good thing. We should be you know staying functionally fit and all that. But it's hard to wrap forever in your brain. Right. Totally get where you're coming from. I kind of take a different stance. I, I actually do like it because they're thinking about the long game. Right, because how often now do we see six week challenge? I'm going to do it for six weeks and then I'll be I good. I hear those, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and that's the wrong mindset. It's when I think about it's it's creating the lifestyle, okay? And how can I be successful at working out for the rest of my life? And my answer to that is is. Uh, Pete, you're the perfect example of it. We talked about it on a previous episode. Um, Minimal effective dose. Figuring out what the least you can do in a single day and still get positive return from it. That's the key. And I'll be very honest, what, what we did here for a long time, what I've done in my past is we tried to maximize every day. We tried to do the most possible every day. That's great if you're a competitive athlete, you know, if, you, if you're a football player or, you know, a, a high school athlete or college athlete or, you know, you you have a competitive desire, then you need absolutely need to do that because you're competing against others and there's a timeline, there's a window you need to, to be in. But that creates stress and urgency and you need to push yourself hard. It's it's harder to stay disciplined. It's harder to stay motivated. Um, the minimum effective dose, on the other hand, doing the least amount on a daily basis, a lot less stress. You don't have to push yourself as hard because you're thinking, you know, I just have to go to the gym today and, and whatever it is, I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it doesn't pressure you like the other kind of mindset does. It doesn't cause anxiety, right? I, I imagine, Pete, you probably don't have a ton of anxiety. You know, you probably look forward to coming to the gym. I delude myself and say, oh, that, I'll, that, that, that'll be fine. And not that it's not fine, but you almost underestimate how diff- tough it is. And maybe that is just your brain, it, your brain's a way of getting you in there type of thing. Right. But I never sit there and go, well, I'm just going to utterly fail at that. I mean, maybe maybe it's true, but yeah, there's not a ton of anxiety right. going to, there. To uh, to contrast to that, I have experienced this, and I know a lot of people have, where they might look at the workout, and maybe it's it's a workout they've done before, and they're repeating it, mm-hmm. and they sit there. Maybe it's the night before, and they are already stressing out about their performance. They're, and they're looking at the workout and they're getting anxiety because they feel like they need to perform better than they have before. Which, that that's how you create 
um, negative association, right? That's, that's when you start not enjoying the gym anymore. What we need to do is figure out, like I said, what you can do the, the, with the least amount of effort, because that's going to lead to the least amount of anxiety and the, the least amount of stress that will still produce results. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. I guess my, my, the way I came at that question was, I only got today, right? Like, I, you can make plans, and you should. I'm not saying just let it all fly to the wind, but I have to make the decision today. I can't make the decision for myself 10 years from now. Right, today. right. Like, I've got, it's kind of a present moment type of thing. But I understand what you're saying, because you're more likely to make that good decision in the present moment if you're not building up negative associations right. leading up to that moment. So yeah, And we talked about kind of the punishment kind of um, mindset a couple questions ago. That, that also makes it very hard when, when we feel like we need to, you know, go to the gym because we, we need to burn off X amount of calories that builds up, you know, again, a negative association. Um, it builds up stress and you're thinking, no, I got to run for an hour. That's no fun. Um, so sticking to exercise for good, obviously it needs to be something you enjoy. It needs to be something that does not cause negative association when you're doing it. What you've cultivated around here is positive association. Right. I mean, that was one of the first things I think I, I asked you at one point, maybe on the podcast, like, how do you so darn positive around here all the time? Right. So, and you know, look, look at what it's yield. I mean, we have the perfect example. Pete, you just made the committed club for the third month in a row which means you're coming five times a week for three months in a row. That's 12 weeks that you came five days a week. Right. To, you know, in class today, you said, has it already been three months? Like, it doesn't feel I like looked, I did look at that and I went, oh, I didn't. Because you're not it was, building it yeah. up to be anything. It's right. just part of the, okay, today I, I go to the gym and it's, it's not much more than that. You, you don't have to fight yourself over it. It's actually a bigger deal to not go to the gym. Right. So because you're not you're not thinking about oh I you know I'm gonna have to do this and it's gonna be so hard you know you're you're not allowing those kind of th it's just as simple as I get up I go to the gym or I go to work then I go to the gym whatever the the challenge at the gym will be I'll tackle it then I'm not gonna put any thought into it and then I do my best when I'm there and then you know if I didn't have a good day big whoop you know, I'm going to have another, I'm going to be there again tomorrow and I'm going to do a good job. Like I'm doing my best tomorrow. So if I have one bad day, who cares? Yeah. You can't dwell on it. I mean, even, I think I, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I go, I'm just having a, I was having a hard time just finishing the workouts and we, we chatted about it and, and some of the methodologies. And since then, the, like the last week and this week has been, um, not that it's easier, but I've, I feel like I've accomplished more. So right. If I really would have dwelt for a long time on how I was feeling a couple of weeks ago, probably would have right. got negative. Right. But I said, you know what? Eh. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get better. Yep. So, all right. Uh, got a couple of questions left here because we've been talking uh, for a while. What should I do to strengthen my abs? And my perspective on this is 
I don't know, because I would have them if I did. My dad got something through the mail one time when I was quite young, and I actually did it for a while, called an ab slide. You ever heard of the ab nope, slide? No, sure haven't. Okay, it's this contraption you Although, grab. My grandma used to buy all sorts of the the. She never got the shake weight, so that was okay. <laughs> but somebody in the family did. But anyway, so it was had like two handlebars on the side, and you get on all fours, and you slide forward, and yeah. you slide back, oh, yeah. and it crunches The old ab wheel. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so that did not yield a six-pack of abs, needless to say. <laughs> but I did feel like I was working my core I a mean, little bit. I mean, you so. know, that people have a lot of success with that device. But as we know, it's so much more than just doing the abs. Um, to strengthen my app, there's so many different things you can do. My favorite might be the the old Rocky when he's in the barn and and uh, <laughs> he's dangling. Someone's holding his legs and he he lowers down and then he gets punched in the gut a couple times and then does a sit up, goes back down, gets punched in the gut a couple times. Uh, but no, seriously, you can just hold something heavy squeeze your belly you know if you have 200 pounds on your back squeeze your belly. that's gonna work on your core um are we using abs as a synonym for the core is that what people mean when they because when you say think abs you think a oh, six-pack like a bodybuilder but are they really talking about core strength um yeah i i think i mean we can look we'll, we'll break it down both ways okay okay so if you're just talking about core there's different ways to strengthen a muscle. There's isometric, which is just stabilizing a position, and through stabilization, the muscles work to hold the stabilization. Uh, or there is concentric and eccentric motion, and, and that's like if you're doing a sit-up, your abs contract, and then the, the opposite as the eccentric motion. Um, so when you're just stabilizing something, so think about like a squat or an overhead squat, anytime you have any amount of weight on your body, your abs are stabilizing it. So it's, it's doing isometric work. Um, so that's, we, we actually call the overhead squat the best core exercise, even though it's not using your core at all on the surface, but we know you know, behind the scenes, your core is doing everything. Um, then, you know, of course we can do the Russian twists and the sit-ups and, and the planks, and that's, those are going to target the abs. Um, so, I mean, what should I do to strengthen my abs? I mean, there's something sounds yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, take your just, pick. Just Google core workout, <laughs> you know, and, and you're going to find a million different things. Go that's, to the gym and ask the coach. Yeah. He'll tell the, you. There's uh there's too many options to even <laughs> dig into. All right. And uh, this, this last one references strength training, but we can work it into the Metcon or however you want to contextualize it. How much should I rest between sets when strength training? Good question. Very good question. Something we struggle with a little bit here. When you're strength training, we are trying to overload the muscles so that they will tear, the micro the micro muscle fibers tear. Then when they recover, that's they, they grow through recovery and that's why you become stronger. Um, so take a back squat, for example, we're doing a set of five by five. When you're doing your set of five heavy squats, 
your body um, has some chemicals going on within within the muscles and, and within um, the body. Um, so something called ATP is uh, is something that triggers your muscle to to fire. So when you're trying to stand up with the heavy weight, ATP is causing your muscles to fire. Um, and then when you use them, they're gone for a little bit. You're, you utilize it all. You need to recover. You need to rest between sets to restore the ATP so that you can um, have another good effort. So really the rest between your your sets depends on however long you need to recover enough to have another solid set. In this five by five example, it might be two minutes, it might be three minutes, okay? Um, now, of course, the the rest is gonna be dictated by whatever the working the working sets are. If it's not heavy, if it's you know moderate weight, you might not le need as long. So um, we did 12 sets of three reps. Was that yesterday? With only 30 seconds rest. That's right. That's okay. Right. So. And it was at a lighter weight. Right. right it, to it, moderate it needed weight. to be lighter weight so that you had your recovery or you had time to, to recover and get your ADP stores back up. Um. Uh, so so when I said some people struggle with this is they're so used to not resting in a workout that they think it's wrong to just sit and wait around. Um, they think they should always be moving, which mm -hmm. is not the case when we're strength training. You'll see me when I'm out there, I'll, I'll do my set, I'll grab a box and I'll just sit on it. If we have another 90 seconds to two minutes of rest, I'll just sit because that's going to be more effective rest. My legs are gonna recover better between sets if I'm off of them um, so that I can have a really good next set. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, well, the resetting the chemical, I mean, that's something that a layperson would never even think about. You might get the concept of rest, but what chemically is happening in right. your muscles while you're resting? I right. mean, that's that's inside baseball right there. Shh. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and what's really cool is by, you're familiar with progression, right? So we, maybe over a few weeks of, of squats, we progress to the weight up. What we can do is progress the rest time down so that our body gets more efficient at recovery. Does that make sense? Okay, yep. So. We'll do that with something like rowing or biking intervals, where we might start the first week, we'll do maybe five sets of a, a 500 meter row with a two minute rest in between. Following week, we'll do a 90 second rest and then a minute rest. And what that's training is, it's training our body to rest more efficiently so that when we go back into a Metcon, where there is no rest, your body recovers on its own quicker. Which, if you've ever been in the middle of a Metcon, Metcon wanting to rest, you know that that's right. an important right. skill. So, it, you know, in, in a Metcon, we say no rest, but there's inevitably times where you have to just stand there and, and let your body 
recuperate we can get better at that recuperating mm-hmm. through the the methods i just mentioned makes a lot of sense well these have been uh eight common workout questions and we uh I hit a good selection of topics. I think everything from nutrition to squats to well, you know, I don't, training. I don't think nutrition was necessarily in there, but we worked it in there. But uh, no, no podcast goes without a good nutrition talk. It, it is, I mean, one of the top things people want to know about. Yeah, that's why diets are it, so darn popular. It's the foundation. I mean, truth be told, if if you're spending a lot of money on a gym membership, you, you might be adding muscle, but if you're eating like crap. You're not going to move the fat, the needle on the fat. That that all goes back to the diet. So, Good yeah. information, though. And if people want to learn more, they have uh, ways. You have ways for them to do that. You can uh, hop on the Google machine, www. Or, or you can just type in Harbor Park Health and Fitness. Or it's like 97. We can write or, the type yeah, the www, www if you w. want. I don't even think you need that these days. <laughs> no. Harborparkcf.com. You can go on the social media. At Harbor Park HF or Health and Fitness. And reach on out. We got an email address too, right? Yep. Hey, health matters at gmail.com. I mean, the inbox is full, bursting, but yeah. feel free to, to add yeah, to, the, we will, to the rain barrel. We will stop our busy days to answer your question. There you go. It's a beautiful thing. And as far as Hey Health Matters go, uh, we're glad you found us. Like us. Uh, follow the different uh, the feeds where you find this. And if they can leave... It says, do you want to leave a review for those uh, two guys? Say yes. And you know, say I, nice things. I got to shout out my guy, Eric, um, who uh, who gave me some, some good feedback on the, the podcast. So thank you, Eric. Cool. We, uh, we appreciate your, um, your listening and your feedback. If anyone else wants to get a shout out, you just you let us know what you think. I mean, you will, one thing about Hey Health Matters, no mattress commercials. <laughs> either, in, either before or the end. So. Well, we could probably work them in. <laughs> if, somebody, if you're a mattress company you'd like to sponsor, feel free. Maybe when we get to millions of listeners. Potentially. Potentially. Are, are we going to stick to a no ad platform? I mean, listen, if we can monetize it, I'm all for it. <laughs> it's a Health Matters from Harbor Park Health and Fitness. He's Jason Pete. Thank you for joining us today. Stay safe and healthy out there. Remember, hey, Health Matters. <laughs>